0: Yeah. it is friday september 18th here at draft shark studios in rochester new york welcome to our week two draft kings podcast i'm your host matt Schaff. with me again are tyler syracuse and jared smola and jared is just back from the birth of his first child jared how does it feel to know that you probably have poop on you somewhere right now?
1: <laughs> Feels all right. I think it's fair to let people know that just so they can, you know, as they decide how much stock to put in my picks this week. Cause I, you know, have not done the prep work that I usually
2: do for this. Got the baby swag now. So it's usually good luck.
1: when you have- Yeah. I was going to say, if I'm going to win a DK tourney, it's going to be this week when I, you know, do half the prep work that I usually
0: do. <laughs> yeah. But by next week, you're going to forget how to sleep and you're going to be worthless. <laughs> By the way, here's a little preview of what you got ahead of you, Jared. I had a Slate article saved open on my computer so that I could read it about kids and screen time and how it might not be a terrible thing for them right now. So my 11-year-old daughter saw it and was like, oh, I'm interested in that. I had not read it yet. I told her it was fine to go ahead and read. And then a couple minutes later, while I'm trying to watch Bengals Browns, I get, Daddy, what is (laughs) pornography? God. I'm not sure how to define that for you right now. Is, is that inappropriate? Because then I don't really want to know. I'm like, yes, it's definitely inappropriate. <laughs> we'll save that there's lesson. No, later. There's
1: no good time for that discussion. So.
0: <laughs> no, there's not. I didn't answer the where do babies come from question. I think the first few times it was an answered to me, but we did finally explain that one. This podcast, though, is not going to focus on kids. It is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on draftsharks.com. And you can find up to date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Round one of the Crown His Ass Challenge went to Tyler who decided to pretend on Sunday morning that he didn't know the rules of this competition here, switched his lineup. So, Belichick, what went right for you in week one
2: besides cheating? Yeah, the Mark Andrews play with Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, the triple Ravens stacking cash paid off. Mark Andrews was only 5% owned. We had a lot of late news. I mean, my lineup completely changed when Miles Sanders got ruled out on Saturday night. I think I swapped out, like, honestly, six or seven picks in both of my DraftKings cash lineup and my FanDuel cash lineup because I had McCaffrey um, on both sides, and then Boston Scott uh, was a must-play in my opinion, so I took McCaffrey out, and then it just changed everything. So I ended up paying paying up at quarterback and tight end, which is a weird roster construction and cash, especially on DraftKings, but it ended up working out. I think I scored like 180 points. I think it's worth noting that it worked out, even though Boston Scott didn't do
0: much for you.
2: Right, yeah, and I paid down for Antonio Gibson and Boston Scott, but yeah, having Mark Andrews and having Lamar Jackson was was big, and uh, I think Jared was close, but I think I got him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say even if you didn't uh, switch your lineup, um, you you still would have taken me down there. Interesting that you 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 know talk about changing you know six of your guys or whatever on Saturday. I think I struggle with that. I think you know, usually by Friday night after we get the initial injury report, I'm sort of settled on my cash lineups when we get that later news on Saturday or even Sunday morning, I I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'm too,
0: you know, committed to my initial build. So I, I need to work on, I think, adjusting to that later news. I definitely in general need to be more willing to change from whatever I'm doing instead of digging in. I think it's part of this whole thing of spending all week deciding who I like and who I don't like and deciding it so strongly that by the time the weekend gets here, I'm like, no, I'm sticking with this guy. I don't care if
2: it seems like a worse play now. And originally, I actually had Chris Godwin in cash with Tyrod Taylor, and they both did nothing. And ended up switching. I had Josh Jacobs as a lock all week, and he was big. Uh, but I switched from Godwin to Devontae Adams, which which was the biggest thing I did because I think Devontae dropped like forty six points, and he was pretty chalky. So you pretty much need. Yeah,
1: yeah Adams was always a lock for me last week. I actually ended up did going to Boston Scott. I know we were all texting, and I was sort of like, nah, I'm going to stick with Antonio Gibson," but I ended up going with Scott. You know, in my adjusted lineup basically just as a block, like just in case he went off. Cause I knew he was going to be, you know, 50 plus percent owned. So I didn't want to have, you know, him scoring 20 for half the field and me not having him. So I didn't end up, end up going there and I uh, got off Chris Godwin for Allen Robinson, which ended up being pretty much a wash. So I ended up, uh, you know, adding a few points to the lineup that I played um, in our contest
0: here. I'm obviously in mid season form. So we'll just move on from talking about my lineup uh, and, and we'll move on to the next round of this competition. We'll be competing all season in the crown is ass challenge or until i run out of money whichever comes first we will show you who we're playing against each other in round two of the crown is ass challenge in the free post for this podcast on draftsharks.com come saturday morning let's move on now to some picks though and at qb there's a lot of value this week multiple solid options i think from 6k down tyler are you going sub six thousand dollars for your cash qb this week I don't think so. I think I'm
2: going to pay up at quarterback again. There's a lot of wide receiver value, which we'll get into later. I'm leaning towards playing one of the QBs in the Cowboys Falcons game with the highest over-under on the slate. I like both of them, Dak Prescott 6.8K and Matt Ryan 6.6K. I think both of them have a great shot at the 300-yard bonus, and both of them have a pretty good shot at multiple touchdowns. So I think they have a pretty safe floor and a high ceiling. Honestly, I would love to play, uh, pay up for Lamar Jackson in cash again with the value on the slate. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get up there or not yet, but those are the three quarterbacks I'm looking at. I actually didn't like too many of the cheaper quarterbacks this week.
1: It's Dak Prescott for me in cash this week too. I'm, you know, I know I usually like going uh, as cheap as possible at quarterback, but I'm just I'm all in on the Cowboys offense this week. I just, it's, you know, it's an offense we all love coming into the season. Pretty tough spot week one on the road against a solid Rams defense. Now they come back home against Atlanta. Atlanta just allowed Russell Wilson to complete 31 of 35 passes for 322 yards, four touchdowns. I could see a similar line for Dak Prescott here. Um, Tyler mentioned the high over-under in this game. The Cowboys have the highest implied total of the entire week at 29.25 points. So, And, and as Tyler said, I think there is enough value elsewhere where you know getting Dak into your lineup isn't, isn't too tough.
0: Yeah, so I started out looking in that 5K range like usual, and I said, oh, there are some solid options in here that I can play with, but then you look just above it, And as you guys are saying, not that far into 6k range are more attractive options. And then you look at the other positions and you can pay down elsewhere to make up for it. So I agree. Dak Prescott's going to be my primary focus. I think if you are looking to go uh, into that 5k range, I think Jared Goff is is fine down there. Kyler Murray at 6,100 is kind of sneaking in there too. He's just a little bit less than Dak Prescott and just a little bit more than the 5k quarterback. So I I agree. I think it's going to be tough to go down to the 5k guys on the GPP side. What's the latest on Amari Cooper? Because I was not able to spend much time on my computer this afternoon.
1: Yeah, he's good to go. He was back at practice today. And I think uh, McCarthy said that he's fine for Sunday's game.
0: Yeah, so that's the other thing with Dak Prescott is there are lots of ways to play him this week. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. I think he's one of the few quarterbacks that you could stack with his running back, Zeke Elliott, who they obviously used a pretty good bit in the passing game last week and already were. I mean, there's talk about Zeke Elliott getting more passing game work, but he's been plenty involved. And now it looks like they're going to split him out some, too. So I think lots of stacking options, lots of of ways to get Dak Prescott into um, varying DK lineups.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Kyler Murray. I think he's just underpriced. Like if I if I need the savings and cash from Dak, I would it would be down to Kyler Murray at 6,100 bucks. He's like 300 bucks cheaper than he was last week, coming off you know a really strong game against the Niners. Um, I don't know. I guess Washington's defense is getting a lot of respect now after a solid opener against Philly. But um, for GBPs, I like Josh Allen at 67 bucks. I'm I'm trying to put aside my you know disdain for Allen as, as a real life quarterback. You know, start 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 to play him in fantasy a bit more. Um, I think you know being 100 bucks cheaper then Dak might you know, keep his ownership down a bit. I think Dak's going to be more popular. Um, Allen gets a great matchup against Miami. He had two big games against the Dolphins last season. And we just saw Miami give up, uh, what was it, 75 rushing yards and two touchdowns to
0: Cam Newton. Uh, you know Allen's capable of similar production on the ground. Plus, you and he kind of have similar facial hair going right now. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Tyler, would, do you have anything different at GPP beyond what we've said so far?
2: I like Josh Allen a lot too. Uh like Jared said, he's gonna be a direct pivot off of Chalky Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. Um Josh Allen is never high owned, I feel like, and he finished as the QB one and QB ten against the Dolphins last season. And um, I I liked the rushing um point too. Cam Newton and Josh Allen are similar quarterbacks right now, in my opinion. And Cam Newton just lit him up for 75 yards and two scores. If I'm not playing Josh Allen, I am going to go to Mitch Trubisky again this week. He's only a hundred dollars more than he was last week. And he's got a good matchup against the giants who can't generate a pass rush. And he's got an easy stack option with, with Alan Robinson. I mean, Trubisky, he was pretty bad for through three quarters last week, but he got there in the end. He threw three late touchdown passes and the bears squeaked out a win. So, you know, you don't have to go all in on him, but maybe 10, 15% of my lineups. And I think I'm going to go there this week
1: seems like there's a lot less buzz on Trubisky this week too, which is, which is nice. He was, you know, that, that that's why I didn't play him last week. He was just too, too popular.
0: I'm going to have to get a little bit of Tom Brady, some exposure, at least. Uh, he was okay last week. I, I think it's a little bit overplayed how not Tom Brady he was. Does have Mike Evans. We heard the talk up for Mike Evans. I'll talk about him a little bit more later, but there's Scotty Miller available too as a a three person stack. If you want to go that far, Chris Godwin's out. So I think it should be a little bit easier to figure out um, the target distribution and concentration more importantly for uh, building our lineups there.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I'm definitely on the bucks passing game to to bounce back this week. Um, You know, it's, it's tough with Godwin. Like it obviously hurts. Brady's upside not having Godwin, but like you said, Matt, it, it makes the stack easier. But like if if Brady goes off, it's almost impossible for that to happen without Mike Evans now. So that's an easier stack, and I do agree that Scott Miller, uh, where he's priced, he can you know he could be tossing in that lineup too. Mm-hmm.
0: Running back, affordable, attractive options here too. I believe that, and, you know, again, kind of helps you with the quarterback savings, so you don't have to look in the the five k range. Tyler, um, I guess Tyler and Jared, Jonathan Taylor. Is he going to be the chalk at 5,700 bucks
2: here? I think he is for sure. He's, he's only, yeah, $5,700. He's got a great matchup against the Vikings and he was used in the passing game last week. I know that was the concern coming out of college, but we all know rivers loves dumping it off. And Jonathan Taylor caught all six targets last week. He was mostly ineffective in the ground game with only nine carries for 22 yards. But I think against the Vikings, I mean, a lot of people still think the Vikings defense is good. They lost a ton of talent in the offseason, uh, mainly Linval Joseph up front. He was a beast for their defensive line. And then losing uh, Daniel Hunter, their best pass rusher. And then their secondary is really weak, too. So I think they're weak in all areas of the field. And I think the Colts are going to avenge their week one loss. And I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a big part of that.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. this might be another case where I play Jonathan Taylor almost as like a a half block. Like like if, you know, 30% of the field's going to have JT, I'd be scared not to have him because I I love the guy. He could definitely have a big game this week. Straight up, though, I actually prefer Kenny and Drake, who's like, I think, 200 bucks more expensive at $5,900. I I just, you know, feel safer about his role, especially in the passing game. Like I know Taylor had the six targets. I think he can do it in the passing game, but I also still think the Colts want to use primarily Naheem Hines in the passing game. Um, So, you know, again, straight up, I'd have Drake, but I might end up playing Taylor, um, you know, for the slight savings and the
0: fact that he's going to be so popular. Are you guys skating Taylor in tournament lineups at the high ownership rate? What do we have Matt for ownership? I hadn't even looked at that yet. I mean, as of this morning, it was right around 18%, I think. So that's, you know, kind of the starting number. I wouldn't be surprised if especially, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's around 20, would you?
1: No, I wouldn't. And I, I'd still play him. I um, know, yeah, I think I, we talked about it last year, and I've, I've been really focusing on it running back, not worrying about ownership too much, just, you know, playing the guys who we expect to get the volume in the good matchups. Because I think running back's the most predictable spot. So you, you can play the chalk there and then, you know, differentiate elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I'm still going to play him. I think the Colts offensive line is just going to bully the Vikings defensive line. And I think Taylor's got a good shot at 100 yards in the score. So I'm definitely not going to fade him.
0: Yeah, the thing that makes me – think more about it is that right around him as you mentioned Jared Kenyon Drake's there at a similar price Ronald Jones is also there at I believe it's 5900 on here he's got a good matchup he saw the workhorse share of the carries for Tampa Bay last week he is back home against Carolina so i think 3 similar guys. I think Jonathan Taylor is the best player among the three mm-hmm. and it looks like a good position for the offense overall. So I think that's what I'm going to be struggling with as I'm building lineups. I'm definitely going to not have zero Jonathan Taylor, but I also wonder whether he's going to wind up being um that much more popular than those two guys.
1: Yeah, I think he will be. Um again, yeah, I don't want to full fade Taylor, but you, you could also play two or three of those guys. You could play mm-hmm. all three of those and be able to Know, take that, Dak Prescott, and take some of these more expensive wide receivers we'll talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. Tyler, do you have a different favorite running back for cash lineups this week besides Taylor? We've talked about,
2: yeah, for me, it's Jonathan Taylor. Um, I don't think I'll use Ronald Jones in cash, but I do like him for tournaments, and then of course, Zeke Elliott, uh, 8.2 thousand, I think is going to be the chalk line up. Um, Derek Henry, people are l- less willing to use on DraftKings because it's the full PPR and he doesn't catch passes. But he has an aw- awesome matchup too this week going up against the Jags as almost 10 point favorites. So Derek Henry's, you know, he can always break the slate, but I don't think he's going to be high owned in cash. So I'm probably going to use Zeke in cash and then pay down for Jonathan Taylor and then decide between Kenyon Drake and uh, Ronald Jones for the third spot.
1: Yeah, Zeke Elliott for me is my favorite cash play. Again, I love the Cowboys offense this week. And if you play Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott, I mean, there's a really good chance you're getting all of Dallas' touchdowns. And I think they score, you know, four or five times this week. And, and it's it's easy enough to, to
0: get Dak and Zeke in there. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, on the GPP side, Aaron Jones was carrying a surprisingly small fan share projection on our site as of this morning, 3.7%. I would assume it'll climb from there, but the fact that it's starting that low is, is really a shocker because he was fine in week one. At 7,100 is at a good price, not too high. Um, and if uh, he had 22 opportunities at Minnesota, 16 carries, six targets, four catches, seventh among running backs in week one opportunities, scored a rushing touchdown, the Green Bay offense exploded. So honestly, I'm really not sure what the hesitation is with Aaron Jones unless it's just so many people preferring to play Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams and not wanting to play too many Packers.
1: Yeah, that could definitely be it. And, and of course, you know, like we said, I think Zeke's going to be popular and Taylor's going to be popular. There's, there's only so much to go around, but um, yeah, even if, you know, Jones's ownership projection does get you know, into the double digits, he's a guy, I'm going to play, as I said. I want to, you know, focus on just playing the best running backs, not worrying about ownership too much, at that position. Jones's usage last week was, you know, slightly scary—only 54% of the snaps. He did lose 17 opportunities to Green Bay's other running backs, but like you said, Matt, he still got 22 opportunities himself, and this is just a great spot for the Packers offense. Six-point home favorites. They have a high implied total, almost 28 points. Um, the Lions allowed. yards per carry to bears running backs in the opener. So I I think Jones gets another, you know, 20 plus opportunities here and
2: has a big game.
0: Tyler, anybody else to throw out for tournaments?
2: I'm on Aaron Jones too. Uh, Besides that, I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire big time. He led all rushers in week one rushing yards and now they get to play the chargers. They're eight and a half point favorites again. Um, I can't see the chargers really slowing down the chiefs and the Chargers offense really struggled against the Bengals. And then we saw what the Browns did to the Bengals defense last night. So that, to me, that's a pretty big concern for the Chargers offense in general. And if they can't keep up with the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to build an early lead. And I think Clyde's going to clear 100 yards and 20 carries again pretty easily. Uh, I do like Miles Sanders at 6,000. The training staff says he's 100%. He's ready to go. And if he's locked in for a full workload at 6,000, that's a steal. And then we already talked about Ronald Jones, 5.2 thousand going against a historically bad Panthers rush defense that that just gave up three more scores to Josh Jacobs. So those are my favorite uh, GPP plays. While we're talking about running backs, are you guys
0: touching either Steeler in in any of these? No, I'm definitely, not, I'm
1: definitely not touching James Conner. And the fact that Conner is going to be there has me shying away from Benny Snell. Pittsburgh's down three offensive linemen now too. So I'm not even sure how good that running game is going to be, you know, this week and even beyond.
2: I was hoping James Conner was going to get rolled out because it would lock Benny Snell. Um, Pittsburgh historically loves one running back. And anytime, you know, it's been, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, James Conner, there was weeks with some other guys uh, like, Fitzgerald Toussaint I don't know like whoever they throw finishes as an RB1 so I would have locked button Donnie Snell for sure but it looks like Connor's right. to yeah. go hmm.
1: yeah I agree on Snell there um the other running back I wanted to mention for GPPs quick is uh, Austin Eckler I mean we, we all know about the one target last week and maybe that's going to be a trend and he's not going to be you know nearly as utilized in the passing game this year as he was last but it also could just be a one game blip um and this is a good spot I think for his target volume to bounce back and if the Chargers are playing from behind. The Chiefs allowed uh, the fourth most catches and the most receiving yards to running backs last year. David Johnson caught three balls for 32 yards in week one. Uh, Eckler had an eight-catch, 108 receiving yard game against the Chiefs last year. He had nine catches in the other game against Kansas City. So I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces back and catches like six, seven, eight balls in this game.
0: Why, are they going to switch to Justin Herbert already?
1: (laughs) Hey, Tyrod can throw to running backs. It's not like he's, you know, incapable. I don't know.
0: We have to see that before I can <laughs> believe it. Over, over at wide receiver. What's the latest on Corey Davis's hamstring? Before we get too far into the position, he's he's good to go. All right, good because he's still working on his Week One salary of four thousand bucks. Despite that one hundred yard game from Monday night against Denver, now AJ Brown's out, so there should be plenty more targets flying Corey Davis's way. We'll see if CJ Henderson is a problem for him in this one. The rookie cornerback for Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, it's a guy with a bunch of two by Hilton last week. Um, I was watching a bunch of that game, and Henderson was really good. Um, so that that's it's a concern, but like Corey Davis at four thousand bucks, the type of volume you can project him for, I think you know he, he can do enough even in what might
0: be a tough matchup to pay off that price tag. The guy I'm looking at first is Mike Evans, though, in all formats, really. $6,400 is probably going to be about as cheap as we can get him this season, the rest of the way. Chris Godwin is likely out, doubtful right now. And there's, you know, some stuff going on with him getting through the concussion protocol. But it looks like he's probably not going to play. I certainly think the outlook changes for Mike Evans some. If Chris Godwin does make it back over the weekend. But Bruce Arians left last week's game saying he doesn't like it when Mike Evans gets fewer than 10 targets. So you got to like the target outlook for Mike Evans in this one. He, Bruce Arians also said that they limited the number of downfield routes for Mike Evans. I got to think that that improves as we get further removed from the hamstring injury actually sidelining in. Last year, Mike Evans had 25 targets in two games against these Panthers. I don't think this year's group is any better equipped. It might be worse equipped to guard against him. James Bradbury has gone. Dante Jackson sprained an ankle last week. He did practice in full this week, so it seems like he's ready to go as their top cornerback, but it, it's a bad secondary. Mike Evans is a good player. I think it's a, a, a nice
2: week. For him.
1: Yeah, and Evans was a full go in Friday's practice. So, you know, I, I don't think the hammy was much of an issue last week. You know, regardless of what Arian says, uh, Evans has just struggled against Marshall Lanham you know, throughout most of his career. Um, so I, I think, you know, Evans should be close to hundred percent this week.
2: So oh, who's the cash wide out? I think the theme of this week in week two is the cheap wide receiver value. Um, there's a, a handful of guys under five thousand that we could project reasonably for seven plus targets. Corey Davis League is very frightening He's <laughs> been in the situation before without AJ Brown and hasn't capitalized. So I'll probably use him in cash, but look to take an underweight approach in GPPs. But besides that, we have CD Lamb at four point seven K. We have Deontay Johnson four point five, Paris Campbell four point five. Scotty Miller and Mike Williams uh, at 4.1 and 4.2. So there's a handful of guys that we could look to use in both cash and GPPs. It's not um, common where we have this much wide receiver value. So to me, like I said, I think that's the theme of the week, picking the right players at wide receiver under 5,000, whether it's in cash or GPPs.
1: Yeah, DeAndre Johnson's the guy I like out of those uh, cheap ones you mentioned. Um, You know, Juju, Hit the big game on Monday night, but Deontay Johnson actually led the Steelers in targets. He led the Steelers in air yards. Really in the second half, I think, uh, got rolling with Ben Roethlisberger. So
0: against the Broncos defense, missing a few
1: starters, I think Deontay is a a strong value at 4.5K.
0: Yeah, I think you can consider the triple stack there too with Roethlisberger, uh, Juju, and Deontay Johnson for a, a tournament lineup. Yep. On the tournament side, I'm not going to go completely away from Deshaun Jackson at 5,100 now that people are not going to want to play him after he disappointed in week one. Did get seven targets at Washington. Um, fourth league wide and average target depth, so dot last week. Jalen Rager was one of the three guys ahead of him, so we know Carson Wentz wants to throw downfield. Lane Johnson's back at right tackle, so there should be a little bit more time for Carson Wentz to throw downfield. And by the way, the other two guys – Ahead of Deshaun Jackson in A. Dot last week were Dante Pettis, who saw two, who saw one target, and Deshaun Hamilton, who saw two targets. So it was basically Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson atop the league in that category. Deshaun Jackson, we know, is volatile, so I'm not going to consider him for a cash lineup as he was in consideration last week. But uh, I think there's always a chance that he pays off for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the week to play Deshaun Jackson, the type of guy he is, and you where know,
0: his ownership's going to be. You
1: know, what a-, a-, a tenth of what it was last week. So I like that call. Um, I like Allen Robinson in tournaments. You know, to me, like A-Rob and Mike Evans are you know t- tough to separate. They're the same exact price. I think they're both in excellent spots, both good target bets. Looks like Evans is going to be more popular this week, so I think you know A-Rob is a bit bit more valuable in tournaments. Um, you know he he was pretty popular last week. Was he, he was okay? Five catches, 74 yards, but. Got the nine targets was a 25% target share. I think that's, you know, kind of where we expect him to be throughout the season. 150 air yards for A-Rob last week. That was fourth highest in the entire league. And he gets this giant secondary where, you know, I think we thought they were going to be weak heading into the season. Gave up 199 yards and two touchdowns to Steelers wide receivers last week. So I think, you know, it's going to be a
2: secondary we're attacking for the rest of the season.
0: Tyler, you got anybody else
2: at tournament wide receiver? I had – Robinson written down as well, but at the same price tag, give me uh, give me some Bobby Woods this week. He's six point four thousand, and I feel like he never gets any buzz. Uh, he's been an absolute machine since Brandon Cooks either left or was stopped being used in the Rams' offense. I think seven of his last eight games, he's either scored a touchdown or gotten ninety-five yards, and he's a great DraftKings play because he gets targets um, and he gets the hundred-yard bonus pretty frequently. Uh, I know he only scored two touchdowns, but if if he gets in the box this week, it's it's pants off for Bobby Woods. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah, he gets he gets plenty of buzz around these
2: parts.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this this season started out just how the last one ended with him easily leading the targets. So I'm certainly down with Robert Woods any week. We move over to tight end, and we just found out that George Kittle has been ruled out for the game this weekend. So. I think at cash, you have to start looking all the way down at Jordan Reed at $2,600 because he's now the lead tight end for San Francisco. He only played 10 snaps last week, ran five routes, but that was still second among San Francisco tight ends ahead of holdover Ross Dwelly. You guys using some Jordan Reed to fit whatever else you want in the lineup?
1: I think Tyler and me made the same uh, face there when you said Jordan Reed and Cash. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, there's always the injury risk. I don't. I wouldn't bake that in too much. Like I would, you know, bet on the guy making it through the game. But um, you know, you just joined the team a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I would. It's it's not a bad place. because he's so cheap. Like it helps you fit in a bunch of you know other studs. But I, I think I'd go up a, a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks to play some of these other guys.
2: Yeah, he, he's a little scary in cash, but he'll probably be a part of my GPP player pool. But. Um, I think I'm gonna probably play Logan Thomas in cash at 3.6 thousand. He was a full-time player last week. He played over 70% of the snaps. He saw eight targets, and now he's got a, a great matchup going up, up against that Cardinals' 32nd-ranked tight end defense of last year. I know they kind of held uh, Kittle in check last week, but he got hurt in the first half, and then wasn't used in the second half at all. So it's yet to be seen or not if they've improved that tight end defense, but. Uh, I think Logan Thomas offers enough upside at that price that I'll probably end up using him in cash. I think my
0: starting point across formats here on DraftKings is actually going to be Jonu Smith at $4,200. Um, you know, we will see exactly how that fits in. But seven targets last week in Denver. Uh, only A.J. Brown and Corey Davis had more. Now we know that A.J. Brown is out. The Colts threw for 363 yards on what was not the best day. For Philip Rivers against Jacksonville Jaguars, are obviously going to be focused primarily on stopping Derrick Henry. So I don't imagine that Johnny Smith is going to be a big focus of their defense. So I think there's significant upside to Johnny Smith this week.
1: Yep, I'm with you there. I, I, I do think Logan Thomas is in play in cash. I think Chris Herndon, who I believe is 100 bucks cheaper than Thomas, is in playing in cash. And you know, Jamison Crowder out now for the Jets, so I think Herndon's a strong. Target, but even though it's another tough matchup for him against the Niners, uh, but Johnny Smith is the guy I want to get up to if I can. You know, he's six seven hundred bucks more expensive than Thomas and uh, Chris Herndon, but Johnny Smith's the guy I feel best about, and you know,
2: forty two hundred bucks is is a nice value on him. Tyler, who do you like in a tournament lineup? It's actually interesting because I didn't even consider Johnny Smith before you guys just mentioned him. So I'll have to dig into him a little bit more. On the tournament side, it's going to be Mark Andrews for sure. I think he's got an excellent chance at finishing as the top tight end once again this week. I just think the Ravens are going to score 40 points again. I don't think the Texans are going to be able to stop them whatsoever. And I can see the Texans' offense struggling, which might be a good thing for Baltimore because they don't mind running up the score. And I'm not concerned if it's a blowout because anytime it's a blowout, you know, Lamar Jackson may have already accounted for five or six touchdowns. So to me that's always an overvalued sentiment when people say that they're that they're worried about a blowout um so yeah mark andrews i like for sure
1: yeah I totally agree on that blowout point you made there um, i like hayden hurst for tournaments you know, he was super popular last week disappointed i think we all like this cowboys Falcons game you know, we talked about the high over under hurst looks like you know maybe maybe the only like low owned guy in this game i think he's you know like 7 or 8% projected ownership The Falcons, I think, sort of focused on their wide receivers last week. I think all three of those guys saw 12 plus targets, but Hayden Hurst was on the field. He was running pass routes. He ran 48 pass routes on 59 Matt Ryan dropbacks. Um, So, you know, but that type of usage, he's going to have nice games. And, you know, if we think this is going
0: to be a shootout, it's definitely possible. he, He has a big breakout game this week. Yeah, I think that last week was a predictably quiet game for Hayden Hurst. I think we're going to see Seattle emerge as one of the tougher tight end scoring matchups in the league as we move through the season with uh, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs at the back of the defense. Now, at flex, I think there is a lot. There's so much available at running back, running back and wide receiver this week that I mean, it's just going to be very easy to find an attractive flex option without having to decide whether to play that second tight end.
1: Yeah, definitely. Tyler mentioned all those cheap wide receivers. I think they're all in play some of them even for cash i mean i almost always go three running backs in cash but um so I, if you're going you know cheaper running back in the flex spot again i think kenny and drake and jonathan taylor both make sense there tyler what's your
0: favorite flex target
2: uh, flex targets probably gonna be um a cheaper running back in that lower 5k range or the upper 5k range uh, kenny and drake uh jonathan taylor and then um ronald jones as well and then if i'm I'll make. I'll get cute in a couple lineups with like double tight end, maybe with like Jordan Reed and Mark Andrews, hoping that Jordan Reed scores and then Mark Andrews has a huge day. But mostly, it's going to be running back at the flex for me this week.
0: You guys have fun with Jordan Reed. I'm. I'm not going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I'll actually play him either. But at 2600, he's at least worth considering. I mean, if he gives us seven and a half points, he's tripling his value. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. On defense, I, I'm, my starting point is the Bucks at 2,900 against the Panthers. It's a solid price, it, a defense that looks like it's going to be pretty good. It's a defense that played better at home last year than it did on the road. So I think it could be a high upside spot for them. Colts at 2,500 are in play if I need a little bit more savings. And then if I get to this point and I have salary cap room left, I'd love to get up to the Steelers at 3,800 against Denver.
1: Yeah, Buck to the starting point for me. Um, you know, you look at the final score of that Bucks-Saints game, and you'd think they got torched uh, by the Saints. But, you know, there was there was the pick six was one of the touchdowns. And just watching the game, like, Tampa's defense looked good. It was a defense that played well over the second half of last season. I, I think it's, you know, emerging or has already emerged as a strong defense. And, you know, the, the spot is obviously good at home as big favorites
2: against Carolina. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me. But I think Christian McCaffrey is probably the easiest fade of the week. This is a Tampa defense that totally corralled him uh, last year. He combined for like 110 all-purpose yards on like 50-plus touches. So I'm going to be using Tampa and Cash at 2.9 thousand. They're one of the biggest favorites on the slate along with the Tennessee Titans. But I just think their defensive line is going to bully the Panthers' offensive line. And when the Panthers fall behind, they're going to be able to tee off on Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy... You know, he might just check down to Christian McCaffrey in garbage time, but hopefully uh, he takes some chances and we get chances at interceptions and turnovers. If I'm not using Tampa, I think I'm going to look to pay down uh, with the Jets at 2000 and the Dolphins at 2.1,000. I think the Dolphins are really flying under the radar. They're home against Josh Allen, and even though we, we like Josh Allen as a fantasy quarterback – the Jets' defense had seven fantasy points against him last week in a game where he absolutely dominated them with over 300 yards, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. So, you know, he's reckless with the ball. He can definitely throw a pick six at any time. So I, I never mind paying down at defense. So for me, it's going to be the Jets and the Dolphins. And The Jets obviously look better now with George Kittle, out, who's you know, not only an elite
0: pass catcher, but also you know, one of, if not the best run-blocking tight ends in the game. Well, that's going to do it for this week two DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared and tournament picks from Tyler. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in week two of the crown is ass challenge you can also find us on twitter we are at draft sharks jared is at smola ds tyler is at tyler syracuse at syracuse with an i and i am at shop ds it's s-c-h-a-u-f for jared smola tyler syracuse and the rest of the draft sharks crew i'm at thanks so much for swimming with us